Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and tonight um, we're going to look at the the mobilisation of India's war machine during the Second World War, particularly how the Indian Army managed to quite rapidly recruit enormous amounts of uh, fighting men uh, and uh, women who also worked uh, as in non-combat roles uh, alongside um, the, the the soldiers of the Indian Army, um, and uh, what the the kind of the, the social dynamics were within India at the time that brought about this this massive recruitment, the uh, the Indian Army is really the uh, kind of the British superpower during the the Second World War, the uh, the ability of uh, Great Britain to control this vast surplus of manpower. Um, gave um, the, uh, the the British uh, and the, the the British Raj in India uh, a kind of an ability to punch way above its weight, not just in Southeast Asia uh, and South Asia, but also in North Africa and in Italy, um, and every, in every field uh, and arena that the the Indian Army in the Indian Army served. So we're looking at Srinath Raghavan's um, India's War. Uh, the making of modern South Asia, nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty five, and we're looking at um, chapter four, mobilising uh, India. Uh, previously, we had explored, and this is going back quite a long time. We looked at how the 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 British uh, colonial authorities sought to um, sought to to recruit. Uh, there were particular uh, def- demographics. Um, particularly the Sikhs in India, that the, the British saw as being what they called the martial classes. Um, and the the scope of the war uh, and the, the, the size of the military forces required meant that they would have to look way beyond this uh, justice, this, this group, uh, the, these uh, regiments, traditional regiments and, and uh, locales. 
Um, so uh, Raghavan writes, The government's policy was not the only determinant of the expansion of the Indian army. It was, after all, a volunteer force. Why were Indians willing to sign up? Men from the martial classes were well aware of the benefits that flowed from military service. They were also drawn by traditional notions of service and loyalty, ideas that were transmitted from one generation of soldiers in a family to the next. You should continue to discharge your, your duties faithfully and to the satisfaction of your officers, advised the father from the northwest frontier province. To do so is, virtu um, is the virtuous tradition of a Rajput. The father of another soldier urged him from Waziristan not to worry about his home. Forget everybody for the present and work wholeheartedly for king and country. Uh, is it would be interesting to reflect on which country the the father there was referring to, uh, India or Great Britain. Loyalty to the king emperor ran particularly deep amongst the traditional soldiering families. Following the fourth Indian division's victorious run in Tunisia, a soldier wrote home, Our beloved king, God save him, has conquered this country. Another senior soldier was ecstatic at having seen the king in Egypt. You have seen his majesty in the pictures, whereas I have seen in person with my beloved eyes and purified my thoughts and soul. Um, that shows us some kind of uh, perhaps slightly unexpected responses to um, the, uh, the British colonial uh, administration and um, the George VI, who was uh, King of Great Britain and Emperor of India. And of course, um, the, the process of, uh, or the experience of the war in India for many people radically altered the perception of the British, uh, particularly the response to the Quit India campaign, the Bengal famine, and the fact that so many Indians were abandoned um, by the British in Burma uh, and Malaya, uh, essentially told that uh, brown-skinned colonial subjects um, were to be left behind when the British were evacuating. It was a whites-only policy. Um, the um, Harper and Bailey, who I often talk about, make a very clear point that one of the, the, the great uh, breaking points was the attempt by the British to put um, the uh, captured officers of the Indian National Army um, who had fought under Subhas Chandra Bose um, to uh, rid India of the British but had allied themselves with the Japanese during the Second World War. Um, there was an attempt uh, at the end of the war to put the INA officers on trial and it was simply impossible. There wasn't a juror in the land uh, that was uh, remotely interested in convicting them and it became um, almost impossible to the point of a, a breakdown uh, of law and order, a breakdown of the, the willingness of uh, officers to enforce the law um, when it came to that, and this was, this was a kind of the evaporation of British authority. And without the ability of having a, a huge army at their disposal, very quickly uh, the, uh, the, the British designs to recolonise its Southeast Asian empire crumble to dust. Uh, so this this goes to show you how how powerful this force was uh, in Asia in uh, helping to establish and maintain British rule. 
Recruits from the non-martial classes, writes Raghavan, um, who swarmed to the army had more prosaic reasons. I joined the army, confessed a South Indian soldier, in order that I may get rid of this accursed devil of unemployment so very prevalent in India. Beyond the mere opportunity of employment was the belief that the army looked after its own. Our restaurant manager wrote to a friend that, while the poor suffer on account of high prices and food shortage, government has made elaborate arrangements for tea and other refreshments for its seaboys at railway stations. Every seaboy gets a very good supply of tea, cold drinks and food. In the past, the army's doors were firmly shut to Indians from such backgrounds. Now it was desperately looking for recruitable men. So, um, as has often been said, there were, um, in, you know, even in Great Britain, there were people who, men who saw the um, option of uh, continued unemployment in the in, uh, poverty black spots of the country or joining the army. Um, 50,000 um, soldiers from Ireland, from um, the Irish Free State, later the Republic of Ireland, uh, joined. Uh, the British Army, um, not out of any great filial love for the British, but out of the fact that in a, a, a poor and uh, depression-hit country like Ireland, the, the wages in the British Army were highly attractive, and they helped to send money home um, and uh, uh, remit money back to uh, families in, in Ireland. So a, a, a large institution like an army... With, uh, which has kind of the first uh, refusal on resources like food um, that pays a guaranteed amount, and it's a quite an attractive wage very often, can become a, a magnet for, for manpower. The, it was, it's interesting in the book that it says that previously um, those considered the non-martial races, people of kind of lower caste origin, people, um, uh, soldiers from... Uh, non-princely uh, state and non-martial parts of India had often been discouraged. That's because, uh, other than, um, for the most part, the, uh, the Indian army didn't need to be that big. And it was a way, if you invited uh, anybody in a caste-ridden society like India, it was a way of um, uh, downgrading and diluting the uh, prestige appeal of the army to those professional soldiers and those uh, martial classes who were um, already already present within it. So, uh, for for the um, the sake of um, maintaining the army's kind of exclusivity and prestige, um, the previously um, uh, non uh, martial soldiers had been uh, kind of uh, excluded. Advise Ram Singh to join the army, wrote a soldier from the state's forces. He will surely be selected. At present, training period is not more than three months. We are in need of every type of soldiers. Particularly attractive was the opportunity to serve in technical and logistics services such as signals, electrical and mechanical engineers, the supply and ordnance corps. Earning while learning enabled recruits to pick up skills that would stand them in good stead for a civilian job market after the war, India undergoes its own kind of industrial revolution during the Second World War. The um, manufacturing base of India has to radically transform itself in order 
to supply the, the equipment and the foodstuffs, uh, the transport infrastructure and everything else that uh, not just armies fighting in Asia, but armies fighting in North Africa and Italy needed. So Italy was, I mean, India was, was essentially fighting its own global war and needed to radically change and radically change its, um, the organisation of its industry in order to do that. Even as Japanese planes buzzed over Indian skies, few lining up to join the army seemed to be driven purely by patriotism, writes Raghavan. Recruiting officers realised that volunteers were keener on knowing the scope for personal gain. The authorities agreed that it was best not to use emotional appeals to patriotism, especially in politically advanced areas. Best to rely on the solid practical advantages of joining the army, a job offered decent pay, a pension, a good post-war employment prospect was the bottom line for the army as well as for the recruits. Yet ballooning demand for troops forced the government to rely on a range of techniques for recruitment. In the first two years of the war, recruitment had been undertaken solely by the army without any involvement of civilian or local authorities. Um, so this meant that the, um, the army's kind of ability to propagandise effectively, to know the attitudes, mentalities, thoughts and outlooks of local people um, was, was pretty limited. Um, so, for example, the army was ignorant of the attitudes of um, local villagers, um, and local villagers were quite ignorant of the, the army itself. A civil servant in Morabad district in the United Provinces in December 1941 said, I asked one chap if he'd ever heard of Hitler, Budmash, um, which means an unscrupulous old villain, and he said he supposed it must be the new... Patwari, uh, which meant the, the village accountant. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. By early 1942, the army had reached a point where 
um, it realised it, it, it couldn't attempt to carry on um, with using its own recruitment methods. It needed assistance. Uh, it needed outside assistance. Or it wasn't going to get anywhere near the level of um, uh, the, the the level of recruitment uh, re- required. Conferences between the civilian government and the army were held to consider uh, recruitment policies. One idea that was adopted was to name new regiments and battalions after the classes that comprised them. Um, another was to give financial incentives, honours and recognition to civilians who helped with the recruitment drive. A third offer was to adopt techniques of modern marketing to attract uh, potential recruits. And, of course... Since at least about the 1850s or 60s, in Great Britain anyway, uh, and um, many other uh, modern consumer societies, uh, a marketing industry or a kind of a science of marketing had been uh, in, in development. Um, a sizable recruitment advertising financial grant was um, uh, offered in 1942, and this grew every year. This was used to mount a press campaign as well as to produce posters and booklets. Carefully designed advertisements were placed in a number of um, vernacular newspapers in the India, various Indian languages. Large colour posters with details of the pay and perks on offer were put on prominent sides in catchment areas. These posters typically had a photograph of a soldier on duty and exhorted young men to sign up their parents um, or their parents to allow them to join. Around uh, 40 pocket sized booklets were published with colour photos of attractive descriptions of life in the army. A popular booklet published in 1943, Mutu Joins Up, was designed as a pictorial record of the transformation of a young recruit in the 3rd Madras Regiment into a strapping Jawan, or soldier. Copies were circulated via the families of recruits in villages across South India. So keen was the interest that the booklet was republished several times. So that, that in itself tells us something really fascinating, that a, a propaganda booklet, um, a recruitment drive to get people to join the uh, army, actually met with a huge amount of, uh, of positive interest and people wanting to, to know more. So it, it seems like this was a, um, a, a way of really quite communicating quite powerfully um, other marketing tools um, that were adopted were static and mobile information kiosks, um, models and clothing displays, advertisements on radio and in theatres, several short recruitment films um, that were shot and screened by mobile cinema units. Um, in, in a way, the uh, information war or the, the information services that were developed in India, that it's describing here, are you know, not wildly dissimilar to the Ministry of Information that's developed in Great Britain, and similar initiatives that are developed in almost every other combatant power. Um, the ability to uh, influence mass populations was vital during a period of, um, of, of global conflict, and uh, in order to 
uh, call upon the resources, the uh, military and civilian um, labour force in order to all work together in the same way, uh, doing the same things at the same time to produce uh, an optimum result. Raghavan writes of these films, The titles often left little to the imagination. Taraki, um, which means progress. Future leaders of India, soldiers of the South, Johnny Gurkha, and so on and so forth. In 1941-42, the Defence Services Exhibition Train, uh, displaying the equipment and tools used by soldiers, was sent on a 1,500-mile journey through recruitment grounds in central and southern India, often chugging deep into the hinterland. There's an important clue here, I believe, as to the development of India as an independent nation-state after the Second World War. Firstly, the Indians who had been involved in this um, supreme act of kind of nationalised self-identification of being in the army had been, prior to the Second World War, um, a fairly narrow bunch, very small, small number. When all of a sudden the gates are opened to all of India, to all of India to participate in this process of identification with the, the nation, of serving the nation, of fighting for the nation, of dying for the nation, there is in fact a, a whole chapter devoted to this in uh, Imagined Communities by Benedict Anderson, the, you know, the, the seminal text on uh, nationalism, of you know, essentially asking why, what is it that makes people fight and identify with the nation so much that they are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for it. Well, as it says here, a lot of the people who joined up uh, were joining up for um, acquisitive reasons, you know, they're poor and they want a decent wage, but when they were fighting at places, places like Imphal and Kohima, certainly they were not thinking about pay packets. They were thinking about def, def, fighting with their comrades against the enemy, against the, the invading other. This is a, a, a kind of a nation-building experience. The fact that when you mobilise an entire people, you know, both civilian and military, um, to, uh, to fight a war... It's hardly surprising that at the end of it, they view their original colonial masters as, an, you know, many viewed their original colonial masters as an afterthought at best, um, as an inconvenience, um, as uh, a cause, a major cause of suffering for India during the war, which is certainly true, um, and as a kind of an impediment to a, a greater level of um, national, um, national self-determination and national and identify, identification with this idea of the nation. You know, if you're having a, a kind of a, almost like a, a nationalist turn in your, as an individual, you can't really um, tolerate or accept the experience of being colonised. I, I get a sense that um, this recruitment experience, particularly with um, films and trains going across India to speak to millions of people and to encourage them. At no point, as it said, you know, fight for your, you know, white colonial rulers. They're talking about, uh, you know, at best, fight for the king um, emperor. But who is the emperor of India? And it should really code for fight for India.
Raghavan writes, Despite his best efforts, the army continued to struggle to meet its targets. Several factors were at play. First, there was competition with the civilian labour market. The onset of war provided an economic boost to the middle and upper strata of the Indian peasantry. Uh, after a decade of depressed agricultural prices, the, demand, uh, the demands of war led to a boom. This trickled down to tenants, farm labourers and artisans as well. In consequence, there was a marked reluctance, even among the martial classes, to leave the land. Uh, and when you have uh, agrarian societies going to war, or peasant societies going to war, as you had in Russia during the First World War, there's a huge tension between um, not just land ownership, but land maintenance, so farming and agricultural work, and military service. Uh, and one cannot stop simply because the other begins, and both have... Uh, a, a particular, well, particular, a particular demand for young men, and in uh, and often um, animals like like horses, for example. The governor of Punjab was told, for instance, that Jack Sikh um, Jack Sikh recruits were unwilling to come forward in numbers because the boom had brought them such such prosperity that the economic argument for enlistment has no longer much force. In the more prosperous provinces and districts, New Delhi informed London in early 1944, the high wages being paid for civil labour and the favourable prices obtained by the landlords for grains have reduced the economic urge to enlist, particularly for low-paid, non-technical categories. A survey conducted in the Lahore and Amritsar districts of Punjab asked, what keeps the young man from joining the army? The crisp response hearty meals at home. So the appeal to self-interest was a double-edged sword, particularly when the, um, the, uh, the, army, the Indian army was unable necessarily always to make the case that it was in people's best self-interests to join the army. So we're going to pause there and we'll look at some more of that um, uh, in the coming uh, week or so. It's a great book and it's one well worth reading because it talks about war, the Second World War, particularly, I would argue, in one of the most interesting ways that, that it's possible to, to explore this conflict. And that's from the, the prism of social history. It's all too easy, really, sometimes to look at how armies move across the battlefield and what tactics made such and such a thing happen. But exploring who were the soldiers, what were their lives like, what were their ambitions and goals, what were their hopes, what were their prejudices and wants and, and fears, and uh, what were their communities like, and how did they connect to those communities? These are the really interesting questions, I think, and ones which hopefully we'll explore some more. So thanks very much for that, and it's, it's just worth considering um, where we can go with that next. I'd be really interested... Um, because I personally am looking to expand my own reading on India to hear your Indian history recommendations. So come over to the Explaining History uh, Facebook group, Explaining History podcast Facebook group, um, and uh, tell us all about it. Um, it'd be great to um, have a discussion there. Um, and when the uh, the new website is ready, I'll post it here, and you'll be you guys will be the first to know. Thanks very much, everybody. Take good care. All the best. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.